Alright, here we go. So we got our very first episode of our Hamlet project. Um, We're going to make it three episodes, ten minutes long each, so you don't have to listen to me talk for 30 minutes about one thing um, at one time, because that can be a lot if you don't have time for it, listeners. Um, So this very first episode, we're going to be talking about some... um, psychological and mental awakenings of characters in Hamlet. And this very first episode, I want to start off with someone who had a very, very interesting mental awakening um, in our story, Hamlet. And we're going to first talk about Ophelia. And I feel like she had a lot to offer to this story through her awakening and her change in mental state. Um, So let's just kind of backtrack, give some backstory. So In the play, we see through the plot that um, Hamlet kills Ophelia's father and, you know, a very big event and um, her brother isn't around and, you know, she had just lost her father and, you know, she was kind of left alone in this world and, you know, her only love, Hamlet, had kind of turned against her in a way and... um, you know, took her by surprise, and, you know, she couldn't trust him necessarily anymore, and so it really isolated her, you know, mentality, and so that's kind of where she faltered and broke, um, and Ophelia slowly kind of descends into almost a madness kind of state, and she, you know, we see her in the white dress where her eyes are very distressed, and, Um, she's in the padded room or, you know, locked away because, you know, she kind of lost it and deteriorates. And in some versions of this play, we see her bouncing around in the, you know, padded room or she's freaking out in the, uh, you know, cell that she's in or, you know, just kind of losing herself and losing her mental state very drastically at some points. And in some of the versions, they bring her out because, you know, Queen Gertrude wants to talk to her and try to console her because Queen Gertrude gets along very well with Ophelia. And she feels that um, Ophelia needs some help and, you know, some kind of, not doctoring necessarily, but she she needs to be bettered by somebody. And Queen Gertrude thinks that she's the person who can do that. And so they bring out Ophelia And at first, it's almost just gibberish coming out of Ophelia's mouth, and um, we see her very shaky and very, you know, nervous and on edge, and that kind of adds to the story quite a bit. A lot of, um, a lot of suspense to what she's going to say, what's going to happen next, and she's pacing around the room and, you know, just quite in pieces and falling apart, and, um... Then she starts to progress even more into this madness that seems to be eating away at her mental state. And, um, you know, she starts singing songs and lullabies. And, um, you know, these are children's tunes, but the way she's singing them, they're very shaky. And, you know, we wonder what her mental state it's like and what's going through her head because it's like, you know, she had just lost her father and the one she loved and her brother's not around and you know she feels alone and at this point when she has completely descended into this madness that has eaten away at her mental state we don't really 
you know, it's kind of something like, is she really thinking about that? Or is this madness and craziness just something to distract her brain? And I think that um, she's trying to escape that because this sense of reality that she is in where all of these things has happened to her, she just, she can't be in it. It's too much for her brain to comprehend and go through at this moment. So she kind of just disassociates with herself from this reality and breaks off and kind of goes into this place of her own world and, you know, she can bring herself happiness even though it is fleeting and fake and not lasting in any way because eventually she will have to return to the reality where her father did die and Hamlet did leave and her brother isn't around to help her get over his death. And um, she sits in this reality and she just... You know, she tries to occupy herself with, you know, talking gibberish and singing songs and cheering herself up. And these songs, we can almost assume that they could be from her childhood, something that her mother sang to her. And, you know, they could bring her good memories. And so she could be um, trying to remind herself of times where she wasn't alone, where she wasn't isolated and... You know, we can really in-depth think about how Ophelia is trying to go back to a place in her childhood where, or not even in her childhood, in her life where, you know, things weren't as hard as this. And so she's trying to put herself into that reality and, um, you know, create that reality around her so that she feels safe and secure with these songs that bring her good memories of her father, of her mother, of her family. Um, and so it's like, she's trying to escape and by singing these songs and it's almost for everyone around her, it's weird and creepy because we don't get to actually get a look into her brain and what she's thinking and her thoughts and her feelings. And so it makes her look mad and crazy and completely not lucid in any way. And so you know, we see her being very nervous and gibberish and her face is very pale with red and some of the um, plays that we can watch and she's just quite a hit rock bottom, if you ask me. And, you know, it kind of seems like a very big episode in her life and that's something that she might not recover from in any way. And, you know, she's trying to break off from reality. She doesn't want to be in a place where her father is dead and that her, the love of her life has betrayed her in a way by killing her father. I mean, you know, it's a lot of pressure on the brain and the psyche for her to deal with. And so, um, she tries to escape that. And so she starts singing about songs and towards the end of her episode, she starts singing about these flowers and, you know, a flower for me and, you know, a daisy for this and a lot of different flowers. And it almost seems to everybody else who's watching her that she is making like a recipe of some sort. And it's very intriguing because, um, you know, these are children's tales or handmade tales that she's singing aloud to try and calm herself and bring herself back to a, you know, a safe place and a safe mental state. But um, a lot of people speculate that these tales are something that um, has a lot of deeper meaning and that she is trying to 
put a recipe together and that she is and it's almost a foreshadowing in this play and it's very interesting because you know we hear her talk about these flowers in her song and then later in the play um she we find her passed away in the river with flowers are they of the same kind that she was speaking of or was she pregnant and she was trying to get rid of the abortion with you know kind of a concoction back then that they made and so it leaves a lot out for us to think of what Ophelia was thinking in her mental state and in that psychological break because you know there's a lot missing here that Shakespeare left us without and so it's like you know we wonder did Ophelia um kill herself and if so then why is she going to be getting a great burial because she did commit sin and so or was it was there some foul play involved which there is little evidence of and so it leaves a big gap between this episode that we see Ophelia have singing about the flowers and then finding her in the river and so it leaves us a lot to think with um and, you know, the psychological break that she has because it's just so much pressure on the psyche for her to deal with, you know, losing her father. And I've repeated this a lot, but, you know, that conflict that she had inside of her and she couldn't handle it. And so she put herself in a different place and we can look at it very in depth on what Ophelia was thinking because it's like, you know, your father just died, so you don't want to be thinking about that you want to distract yourself and so if you have to distract yourself by completely hallucinating a different world then that's a way to distract yourself and you know sometimes you get driven into such madness that you don't want to be alone in this world where you know your mother and your father aren't around or people that you love aren't around and so you know she may not have consciously committed suicide and she may have not or she may have consciously committed suicide because she could have come back into this world and realized that, you know, she doesn't want to be here, be in a place where um, her father is dead and other people are not around for that. And so, you know, we kind of talked about Ophelia's conflict here, and I think that we had a very good episode. Um, hopefully we, you will join us back for the next couple episodes where we'll be talking about other people's mental conflicts and um, kind of how their psychological mind changes very drastically in an instance. So thank you for joining us. Goodbye.